This one came to me in real time. Episode 103 of Psychotherapy. I'm Jet Dunlap, your host. I got on the microphone for one reason, and then something else happened, and I went with it, which is kind of the topic of this episode. The topic is impermanence. Enjoying things as long as they last, and not trying to make them last forever. Because the brilliance of all of it isn't the fact that it's temporary. That's a tough one. But I think I explained it in a way that may resonate with you. I mean, come on, you're listening, so it must. So trying to keep these intros a little faster so that we go right in the show, stick with that very recent tradition. Welcome to the hundreds. I'm Jet Dunlap. This is Psychotherapy, and episode 103 starts right now. Jet, what do you know? Why are you an expert on anything? Who died and made you king? No one. And a strong argument could be made that I'm an expert in nothing. <laughs> so why should you listen? You don't ask. I usually answer questions that aren't asked. I think you're listening because this resonates. I did an episode on harmony. I think that whatever it is that you came to hear will either harmonize or it won't. And if it doesn't feel right, then you'll go away. I was listening to a podcast the other day on writing, screenwriting, and I really wanted to get into it. I thought, here's an opportunity for me to hear interviews from screenwriters who are at levels that I would thoroughly enjoy to be at. And it just didn't work for me. The host was very poor at his job. He didn't ask any intelligent questions. And what I mean by that is he didn't ask questions that were specific to the material. I felt <laughs> he was completely neglecting the questions that other writers would have for a writer. And this happened for a friend of mine too. I wanted to listen to a friend of mine's show. What happened was I started getting through it and I could just tell he was broadcasting a character. And when I go broadcasting a character... I sound a little charactery, but nine times out of 10, I call myself on that. Sometimes I fall into these little patterns, but I think for the most part, the fact that I do the show kinetically and it's not scripted, there's an authenticity. Of course, that's for you to judge, not me. I feel that is a benefit of the show. After I tell you why you may want to listen to me, now I'm going to start uh, bestowing bestowerinos. Lately, whether I like it or not, there has been a great deal of energy. It felt to me like the energy of my grandfather. And if you've listened to the show before, you know how close I am to him. Interesting that I said I am to him because he's passed over a year ago now. But what's interesting about this subject, which I'm smiling right now, if you can hear, is that if you've lost someone close, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, you don't. And so either way, that's okay. You can't experience something until you've experienced it. I told someone the other day when they were looking for something to happen in the time they wanted it to, I said, for me, I needed 20 years of experience to have 20 years of experience. You can't get 20 years of experience in one year. And so you either know or you don't know, and either way is fine. 
So I felt this energy. I felt this... I don't want to go into it more than that because I think anything else I'd say would be trying to paint a narrative to it that is going to lead in a direction that has bias. I felt an energy. Similar to if you know a person you love is in the next room. That's a great way to put it. (laughs) Can I just compliment myself? Oh man, that's funny. Oh, at least I have a healthy sense of self-esteem. I'm sure a lot of you are worrying about a guy who's done over 100 episodes where he just talks into a microphone about himself. You're sitting there going, huh, I wonder if this guy has a good self-esteem. I sure hope he does because if he's uh, if he's bashful or not confident, well, that show is really just not going to work for me. Yes, that is the concept I'm trying to impart to you. Is that sometimes when I say energy, I mean it feels like someone or something is close. After my grandfather died, I was talking to my mom. And she didn't ask because she's stoic. But I volunteered because I'm insane or a psycho, if you will. Hence the name of the show. I was talking to her about her dad, who she was very close to, my grandfather, (laughs) to specify further. And I said, if you want to know if something happened when he left, let me ask you a simple question. This is not the topic of the show, but I think maybe someone who's listening to this right now needs to hear this. So I'm going to say it because I feel it. I asked my mom, when you saw your father after he passed, was he there? And she said no. And if you've ever experienced this, and if you haven't, trust me and trust the people around you. You know. You know if the person is there or not. Why am I explaining this? It goes into my philosophy, which I keep, I wouldn't say pushing, but my philosophy that I keep coming back to, which is that there are two parts of us in religion, soul, and body. And I think that's right on. So I've expressed it as the thinker and the knower. So someone who is able to watch you think That means there's a duality, right? I told you before that I've run now 160 miles this month, done almost 6,000 push-ups, 15 episodes. But let me tell you how I do that. I witness myself doing actions prior. And then as I do them, if they're difficult, It's easier when it comes to physical fitness for me because, well, you know, if you detach yourself from a thoughtful project like writing, that may be the opposite of what you want to do. But in physical activities, I picture myself above myself when I'm running, watching me. Now, can I really see that? I don't know. That's up to the interpreter. I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe. I feel it. And therefore, I have a detachment from my pain. I have a detachment from my discomfort. It also gets me out the door, guys. I said in the last episode, it gets me to make those phone calls. It gets me to talk to those people I've been avoiding. There's always someone on Facebook Messenger, your email, your text, or a phone call you need to make that you're not making. But if you detach yourself, which is, ready for this? Getting rid of the ego, if you don't like the idea of actual separation, or diminishing the personality. Because the personality says, no, this will alter us in some way, which is the only concern it ever has. Because remember, what does the ego fear most? Impermanence. Loss of personality. Do I suffer from this? 
You bet, guys. I couldn't be a teacher on it unless I uh, went through it. I'm smiling because, man, oh, man, do I suffer from this. When I go to bed, I think about it. So why are you mentioning this, Jet, this separation? Well, it goes into another fundamental principle of this show. <laughs> Remember how I said I'd call myself out if it sounded too exactly like that just sounded? So there I am calling myself out. The principle is that humans are a incarnation of an eternal something that gives us an opportunity to exercise areas in our energy that we need to work on. I have no question in my mind that I came to this planet in this body to work on alcoholism, to overcome that, but not just stop drinking, but to become at peace with who I am. And then I also recently, at the beginning of this month, started to quit depression. I'm still doing it. I've had moments where I've been a little angry, but I didn't let that turn into sadness, regret, and depression. There's another component. To overcome fear. To push myself. Jump out of planes. Get on stage. People sometimes call it a bucket list, but I don't think it's as much going on a roller coaster. I think it's more those seed feelings we have. Those things that we try and ignore, but keep poking at us. Keep telling us, hey, why don't we go out there and do that thing? They're usually less vague than that, but I'm not in your head, so I can't tell you. Talent is a persistent voice. We are creators. Early in my show, I didn't speak to that as a definite thing. I thought, because I had been told by other people, people I respected, not everyone's like you, Jet. Well, yeah, okay, sure. Not everyone is born to do X, Y, Z. I think we're all born to create. No, I know we're all born to create. That's what humans are. By the virtue of the fact that we can create, we were born to do so. There's not a person who's listening to this right now who doesn't have a desire to create something, even if it's another life. I've said that before. If that's what you've done, boy, that's huge. You've done more than I have. You are here to create something that resonates with you, and if you're lucky, other people. We are here to make each other happier, make each other better. Even the people who come into your life that at first you think, wow, that person is worse than a million Hitlers. Even that person, there's a lesson in it. That may be one of the biggest lessons you had in life. That ex-husband, that ex-wife, that horrible thing that happened, there inlaid a lesson that you may have even set up before you incarnated. Isn't that a way of flipping that thought? I pointed to this many times from when I was born until 2018, my mom's family represented one thing to me. It was this glowing party of like-minded, challenging, intelligent, vibrant, exciting people. This house, over 100 years old. I remember driving up to it as a kid and just feeling the vibration of fun, of excitement. 
My grandfather would come outside, give us hugs, have a joke. My uncles and aunts would be there. We had rich traditions that went on forever. Whenever we get together outside of the house, that environment, that synergy, that love followed us. And like all amazing, beautiful, brilliant things, think of a star. And just like anything, at some point I started to see this diminishing. My uncles and aunts who were very young when I was a kid started to have kids of their own. And at first, that was kind of cool. They were around with their kids. Some of their kids were fun. Then their kids got older and went to high school. Division between those members. Some of the cousins that were close had some issues. But it started to dim a little bit, just like a powerful, beautiful light. And at first, I started to go, this isn't fair. And I started doing anything and everything I could to keep it going, to try and make it what it was. By the way, right when I said that, an albino cricket appeared on my window. And so I just took a picture. It. I'll probably make it a part of this show. It's like a ghost cricket, right when I was saying that. Isn't that weird? So what happened was it started to become a little less bright, a little less colorful. And, and I forgot to mention one other thing. When I brought Gina into this environment, wow. It made it more exciting for me. It made it more fun for everyone else. She didn't have a family in the sense that her family's from Hungary, so she didn't know her grandparents. So my grandparents were her grandparents. She knew my uncles and aunts. We went everywhere together. It was amazing. Incredible. And when it started to dim, I tried to water it down. I tried to do anything I could to make it last longer, right? You have something you want. You put more water in it. Maybe it's, there's the booze example, but that doesn't work for me. I tried to make it last And I couldn't. And then for me in 2018, abruptly, in a kind of dramatic way, but it's good, it closed the way it was it ended. My grandfather was very sick, coming to the end of his life. My grandmother is very old. My uncles and aunts didn't have the energy they used to. They were getting older. And so this supernova was about to just go away. I don't know what stage of the star I was in for this analogy, but you get the point. You've seen this. And now I look at it and I go, and this is weird because it's one of those things where just like I say that I really care about you, the person I've never seen or talked to, I really do care about you. Strange, but true. It's the same way I feel about this next part. I feel so lucky I got to be there for as long as I was. Never missed a Super Bowl party. Gina always brought these amazing, fun foods. Every weekend, guys, was this amazing, amazing, beautiful place. But of course, it had to end. And now I start the new chapter. And I've been working on that since 2018. I have to create a gathering for my friends and family members who are friends. Because remember, too, I want you guys to learn this lesson. You don't have to be friends with people that are in your family. You don't. If there are people you fundamentally disagree with for good reasons and you check your own conscience for that, not grudges, you should release all grudges because that is detrimental to your own health. So if nothing else, for yourself, don't die with grudges. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if family members you have aren't your friends, don't force it. Don't go through those stupid pleasantries. Oh, it's good to see you, little Billy. He looks great. Oh, he's out of jail? Fine, fine. Oh, he's stealing my car? Oh, that's unfortunate. Don't do that. 
That old British, oh, you look so nice. And then they talk trash about each other behind their backs. If you like them, great. So if your family is your friends, your friends are your family, great. But I'm looking to create that new world. A part of that is making more money, having a house that friends can come over to comfortably. Being a gathering place like my grandfather's home was for the people I care about. But I saw a lot of people in my family who were drifting apart to begin with longing for that nostalgia, those old days. Now, I had a benefit. I've been sober for seven years, I've been sober for two years, and now I'm almost three years sober. I know what it's like to say goodnight to a party. I didn't say goodbye, I said goodnight for a reason. It came to me just now. There's no more beautiful reason, but it sounded pretty good. I say goodnight because that's okay. I can't drink and party like I did when I was 27. And that's okay, because I did then. But I've said goodnight to that chapter. And that's great. This started by talking about saying goodbye to someone. But it's also saying goodbye to an experience. When I was a manager at a major corporation, and I had this amazing team, hundreds of people who listened to my every word, because they were paid to, on the weekends, and I, and I became so close to, when I had to say goodbye to them, that was tough. But it was the end of a chapter. And if you realize that all of this is going into your book, then you may not want to hold on to it as hard as you have in the past. Rigidity doesn't make a lot of sense for humans. We're kind of soft creatures, right? Physically. Rigidity in decisions. Rigidity in movement through your life. It doesn't make sense. Being able to accept what is going on as it is, for what it is, is a powerful thing. And just as much as my last episode when I talked about whatever it was I talked about, <laughs> just as much as it was in my last episode where I talked about, and I blanked for a second there is why I'm laughing, not mistaking kindness for weakness and vice versa. Standing up for what you believe in, absolutely, if you need to if that resonates. And I'm letting your conscience, your higher self, be the guide for that. Because anyone who pretends to be able to answer that is just trying to sell a book. I can't tell you. I'm not you. I don't know what's right for your incarnated reality. I don't know what's right for your spirit, your soul. I can't tell you. I know that doing no harm is a part of that. And if you can, try and do good. That's always been my mantra. But other than that, I just know that you'll figure it out. But I felt compelled to do this episode because I felt that, and I know this is always a little weird to hear, but you needed to hear it. Or you wanted to hear it. My family's brilliance, those periods of time that I was a part of that incredible dynasty, just like a sports team. My grandfather was a huge Lakers fan. I got to take him to a playoff game. He and I were yelling and screaming with joy. Maybe that's a picture I'll put in instead of the cricket. So wonderful. And that is still in a bottle in my heart. And wherever I go after this, I believe that I'll take that forever. That brilliance, that dynasty. But one of the reasons it was so amazing was because it was temporary. And I want you to understand, one of the most beautiful things about this show is that I have not replaced that. I don't have that anymore. That's just gone. 
Gene and I don't hang out with loved ones on the weekends. We don't see anyone, even if it wasn't for the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic. We don't see or hang out with anyone. That's not a part of our deal anymore. That was removed. That was severed. And do you miss that? Come on. We're human. But I accept it. I accept it because not accepting it won't change it. But accepting it gives it value. It makes it special. I can look at it and go, wow, how cool. If I had to bottle up this episode and sell it at Whole Foods, not a sponsor, I would have to say it's accepting things the way they are and embracing that and enjoying that and understanding the old cliches that are about life, that the temporariness of it is the beauty. That's the incredible part. There's a tension, there's a pressure to passion, to love, to those beautiful moments in your life. None of that would mean anything if it was eternal in our body. That's a big-ass topic, but uh, there it is. I don't want to step on this concept. I want it to resonate. So I'm out of words. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Jet Dunlap for Psychotherapy, and I'll talk to you next time.